They take on the, um, the problems of the world and I feel responsible for everybody and everything. Somebody once said to me, if you hit the curb and a building fell over two blocks away, would you think it was your fault? And I went, yep. And that's what I have to try and control with myself. But this was big. And all of a sudden I'm taking everyone else's problems on my shoulder and that was it, it wiped me out. And uh, I took myself straight to the doctor and said, I can't cope, do something. My name is Teresa Hudson, the coordinator of the Community Information Centre in Townsville. And today I'm talking to Nancy Williams from cuisine to go Originally from the UK, Nancy has been a fixture in the Townsville community for almost 20 years. She's forthright and straight to the point, but she also knows what it means to feel vulnerable, particularly following the floods of 2019. She spoke to me about what it was like and how she has kept terms with all that has happened since. This podcast is produced on the lands of the Bindal and Wargarugaba people. The Community Information Centre pays its respects to elders past, present and emerging. I've heard you talk about when you see the bottom of the pool, you kick off. Mm, Tell me about that. Well, when I was a small child, I was only about 10. um, I was under school supervision at a swimming pool in the UK. And not being a very strong swimmer, I was, you know, swimming around the edge and grabbing the pole on the edge. Mm. Um, And I put my hand down and it wasn't there. Mm. And I had swum into the middle of the deep end um, and I was going down. So I went down once and I went down twice. And I can see one of my girlfriends, Kathy, who I still know, standing on the edge laughing because she thought I was mucking around. Went down for the third time and apparently I didn't come up. So a schoolgirl, school friend, jumped in and dragged me to the edge and pumped me out. They pumped me out. No lifeguards in those days. We're talking about um, 1960, 61. And the unfortunate thing was that I was convinced by one of the teachers not to tell my parents. So it was kept hidden for many, 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 many years. And I wouldn't swim in pools, just wouldn't, uh, until I started scuba diving, diving. <laughs> as you do. <laughs> and I had to do my swimming test in a pool that had the same blue squares as the pool that I couldn't do. And through patience and people helping me, I actually can now duck dive to the bottom of a pool. So that's when I say, when you see the bottom, the only way you can go is up. And uh, I've always believed that, that um, you have problems in life. They, you'll always come up from them. And when, when, a, when a staff member resigns or leaves or whatever else, a door closes, but another one's going to open. Somebody better might walk in. Somebody different will walk in. Somebody you will learn something from will walk into your life. And those are the positives. Mm-hmm. So where are you from originally? Um, born in Bedford. Um, then I moved North London, South London. My dad's from the East End. And then I was brought up in Surrey in England. And then what brought you to Australia? Well, it's funny, you know. Um, a very dear friend of mine, who we've known since we were 18, moved, went to Hong Kong. and I was a stewardess for British Airways. So I went out to see her in Hong Kong and she said, I think I'm going to go to Australia. And I went, oh, okay. So anyway, she did move to Australia. And um, I went down to visit her because flying for British Airways, you could actually get to Australia for £60. It was very, very cheap. Um, so I came down and saw her. And it's one of those weirdest things. I put my feet on the ground in Australia and thought, I'm supposed to live here. And now I do. 
How long ago was that? Oh, God, that must have been... Oh, God. That must have been 1975-ish, 76. And I came out and crewed a yacht here for... um, Crewed a yacht and worked in a hotel back in the um, 80s, early 80s, 83, something like that. And then went back to the UK and then came back out again in 2000. And now I'm an, an Australian. I've got the passport. I've got the badge, Madge. That says you're a local. And, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and your husband, is he from here? Or? No, not at all. Um, when I first came out here, I was married. Um, subsequently, that ended. As uh, somebody said, I've completed one very happy marriage. I'm on to the second. Um, and the husband I am married to now, uh, I went out with when I was 16 years old in the UK. Oh, wow. So we knew each other at college. Um, both went our own separate ways and um, then met up about um, 10 years ago, I think it was, 10 years ago. And he followed me back out to Australia. Oh, that's very cute. I know, it's so romantic. <laughs> Isn't it romantic? <laughs> so what jobs have you had growing up then and oh, into Lord. your career? Um, well, I started work when I was about 12 and I worked in a bakery and then I got promoted to the sweet shop over the road. <laughs> When I was about 13. <laughs> Every preteen's oh, dream, oh, absolutely. Isn't it? <laughs> Got to the sweet shop. Um, and then I worked there till I was 18, right the way through college. And I did, um, I was educated in hotel catering industry um, back then. And I worked in hotels. So I worked in hotels for three or four years. And then I joined British Airways when I was about 21, I think. And flew with British Airways for about eight or nine years. And then came to Australia where I crewed boats and worked in hotels. Then I went back to the UK and I couldn't get a job. I was overqualified for 50% and underqualified for the other 50%. And ended up in um, a marketing department just doing computer demonstrations. Didn't know anything about computers, nothing. But I picked things up quite quickly. And um, then I became marketing services manager um, looking after all the marketing department and then I was headhunted out to an ad agency where I did all functions and stuff like that and um, I can't remember what I'd done after so that. never one to sort of just sit What's that as mean? they say what at the bottom of the ladder yeah what, what does is, what does sit mean what does sit no mean? I don't do sitting I don't do sitting at all uh, and then um, oh what did I do after that I left oh I worked in a hospital and um, I ran the um, the outpatients department I think I, um, by then I'd got a sailing yacht and I took it across the Bay of Biscay down to Spain. Oh, wow. As, as you do. Really. By yourself? No, no, no. Oh. With, um, with my husband. Then husband, yeah. And, but we short crewed. Then came back to the UK and having decided that sailing in a yacht around the world, you see a lot of water. <laughs> yeah, you do. And when you come to a port, you then have to hire a car and drive around and just felt that I really didn't want to see a lot of water for that many years. So um, boarding, boarding kennels in Cattery, why wouldn't you? Um, so then I looked after 100, 150 you animals. You bought a, a kennel in Cattery. in Cattery. That's really different. Oh, yes. From it, no, well, not really, because you're still dealing with the general public, which is what I've always done. But instead of looking after people, I was looking after animals, which I love. Can I tell you a funny story? We dropped our dog off one day at a kennel and um, we got out and we were sitting there talking to the to the guy and telling him all about our dog while our dog was cocking our leg and peeing on his leg. 
don't you just love we him? didn't want to drive away we thought oh he's not gonna this like he's, he's, so he's in the bad books already <laughs> like our dog is not getting a bone for the next three days <laughs> Locked down in your room yeah uh, so i did that and i had a beautiful 15 acre property in the west of england and um then came to australia in 2000 and have been here ever since came to townsville um because we were driving around the country got to townsville and ended up in emergency surgery within 24 hours i had peritonitis uh, and basically, I didn't leave. <laughs> I just stayed in Townsville. Ever since. That was it. That was it. And um, that was in about 2003, 2004. And then I started up Cuisine to Go. So I've uh, been running So that. back into the hospitality industry. Back into hospitality It's industry. been like your calling home card type thing. Well, I think everybody's um, born with a God-given gift. Mine is my gob. I can talk. I can communicate. I can talk to people. I remember about them. I care about them. Um, I have other difficulties in writing, reading, um, just part of my personality. So consequently, I think I really do believe that if you have limitations in one area, the other area excels. So I will remember that somebody had gone off to do a seminary and she then she brought her dog back. And I said, how did, how did all your training go? And I always remember looking at me going, how do you remember everybody? And it's just I get a picture. I remember things. I talk to people. And I care. And uh, that's how it works. That's how it works. Oh, yeah. Mm. So Cuisine. To go. To go on Bowen mm-hmm. is Little Cafe. No, it's not. No. Cuisine To Go is the outside catering company. And we are probably the largest in town, I would think. Um, five years ago, uh, we bought a building and converted it. And there was a little space at the front that said, I want to be a cafe. So we went, mm, all right, you can be a cafe. So we set it up, set up Cuisine on Bowen as the cafe part yeah. of Cuisine to Go. And um, so we have a front door and a back door. The mm. front door has amazing milkshakes. Oh, it does. Freak shakes. Freak oh, shakes, God. yeah. We love them. We love them. <laughs> We've been there. I've been there oh, with my you? children. Oh, wonderful. To have them. <laughs> yeah, don't. Don't blame me if they bounce off the walls afterwards. It's not my fault. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely a visit to the Strand afterwards to get that out. <laughs> but amazingly delicious. Good, good. Good to hear. Good to hear. So what was... like? Tell me about the bumps and hurdles then throughout the last so many years, having the catering and the cafe. <clears throat> the catering has just... It's... Every day is different. I'm not saying that every job has been perfect. It hasn't. Um, but then... My philosophy in life is you find solutions, you don't worry about the problems. So if something's going a bit pear-shaped, you fix it very, very quickly. Fix it, sort it, get it done. Um, I think there's there are so many funny stories about cuisine to go. Um, one of the funniest is when we were at Billabong Sanctuary, we were still catering out there, and um, they locked the keys, the gates. So I had to walk back through the park, pitch dark, 11 o'clock at night, uh, to go and get the keys to open the gate to get the van out um I took the wrong track and walked into the billabong so I'm up to my knees in water so what's your solution to that one? Oh, back out very quickly <laughs> <laughs> and when I got to the girls had the keys they were just wetting themselves laughing they thought it was the funniest thing so um, yeah, I do have the the odd amusing things all tripping over and flying and yeah it, uh, it happens but with the business side of things it's all been I don't really remember any you know devastating parts Apart from when the floods came through, and that was just too much to cope with. Too much to cope with. 
So did the business get inundated with water? Yeah, we were. We were flooded right through. Um, we went in. I do. I, I don't remember the days, but we went in before the before on Bowen Road got really flooded, and there was no water in, but it was lapping at the at the steps. So we sandbagged the whole thing, and I was watching the security and the 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 um, ambulance driving down there and the waves they were creating. I'm thinking that's going to go through. That's going to go through. Anyway, nothing we could do about it. We couldn't get there the next day. I don't think we could get there the next day after either. Uh, and when we could get down there, um, I my staff were in there before I was, and they just said, just be ready for what you're going to see. And the water had come in the back. It was a good sort of almost like a metre, well, how high is that, half a metre, um, through the building right the way through. Um, so everything was just covered in mud and dirt and stuff. It was revolting. <laughs> And I remember just looking at it going, oh, my God, what am I going to do with this? I have amazing staff who have worked for me for many years. And we are more like a family than anything else. And the hoses were out and everybody was just cleaning. We had to get all the food out of the cup. We'd lost all the power. So we had to pull all the food out of the cold rooms and the freezers and throw them into mobile cold rooms and freezers to try and save it. And even though I didn't own the building anymore, I'd sold it. I still felt responsibility for making sure it was looked after. Because I think a lot of people who might rent would have just maybe just walked away and go, not my problem, not my building. But it is my building. It is my responsibility. I do need to look after it. I have that that point I take on my shoulders. I take on the, um, the problems of the world. And I feel responsible for everybody and everything. Somebody once said to me, if you hit the curb and a building fell over two blocks away, would you think it was your fault? And I went, yep, it would have been my fault. And that's what I have to try and control with myself, that I don't take too much of the world on. But this was big. And we had about a week where one day I had 14 people in there helping clear out. I don't know, half of them were. It was amazing. So I just bought them all fish and chips for lunch. I mean, it was just incredible and we actually opened for coffee on the friday we actually opened the cafe again on the saturday we had to rip walls out so that you know the the damp didn't stay in there and that's how we traded for ages and ages and ages um but we lost the computers they didn't go immediately they went later but the smell oh my god the smell and we had skips out the back and we were just chucking stuff in it and i was actually okay through that but the water also went through my house it also went through our caravan and it wrote off one of the cars. Now, this was all absolutely fine. I was still cruising along quite happily until we went to take the stuff from the house to the tip. And it was the tip that was put at the back of Office Works. You know, the, mm. there was a temporary one. Yep. And we just drove in there and I just looked at everybody's homes high in the sky. And that was me done. I've never cried at a tip before, but I just sat there and went, oh, this is just terrible. And I hit rock bottom. Um, I then went and saw um, a business support guy who was telling me how his daughter's property had lost upwards of four million stock. I'm going to grief. And then I went and saw my bank manager who came in and said we had to get out at three o'clock in the morning and our house has gone under. And all of a sudden I'm taking every house's problems on my shoulder and that was it. It wiped me out. And uh, I took myself straight to the doctor and said, I can't cope, do something. And uh, so, yeah, so that's... um. That's how we got through it. But my husband took me away for a week. Yeah, so when Kevin took me away um, and locked me, well, he wasn't locked me, but we had a little Bessa block on the beach uh, in Hideaway Bay, which is a great 
place to hide away. It's brilliant. And um, one of my, um, my major hobby and fascination is family history. Done it for years, done it for years. And my family just gets bigger and bigger and bigger all the time. And I didn't know I had these cousins. And all of a sudden, I'm talking to second cousins that I didn't even know existed. Um, and it, it's, it's just wonderful. It's wonderful, the connection. But a while ago, um, Kevin was talking to some friends. And I heard my name mentioned. And I said, what are you talking about? And they said, oh, they'd like their family history done. So I went, yeah, OK, what have you got? So I got the name. And I, got, I think I got the father. And I think I got a couple of dates and that was it. And I said, yeah, I'll see what I can find. So when we went off to Hideaway Bay and I just sat there all day, all I did was family research because you don't think about anything else. You are so focused on one thing that takes you out of reality. Yes, it takes you out of reality. That's very true. It does. And you're focused on this searching, this research and how can this work and how can that work? And the first thing I found was this person um, had a duke in his family Mm, Drahida, the Duke of Drahida. So then we went back a bit further and I thought, well, there was something about the Plantagenets. I'm thinking the Plantagenets, they're a bit royal. Anyway, so I went across and I found a Plantagenet. I'm thinking, seriously? And every time Kevin would come home at lunchtime, he'd say, what have you found? And I said, oh, I found a Duke. I found an Earl. I found something to do with the Plantagenets. Uh, and it took me ages to actually get the link, but I've actually found the link. And I took this person to um, the William the Conqueror, direct um, grandfather. And um, he's also a cousin of Princess Diana and Winston Churchill. So it means he's also a cousin of the future King of England. And he lives in Townsville. There you go. But it was so much fun. It was so much fun to find it. And that really focused me to get out of... I didn't worry about anything because I was so focused actually on doing that. Um, and gradually just sort of you get yourself better and then you come back and go, right, let's try and get into this. Mm. And then COVID hit. <laughs> COVID. Did you hit the bottom of the pool to kick off again during COVID? Um, I was always still on the drugs from, from, from the floods. <laughs> <laughs> so we just up the drugs a bit more. Um <clears throat> I don't think it was quite as bad. And the funny thing was, I think it was because everybody, and I mean everybody, was in the same state. With the floods, it wasn't everybody. With COVID, it was everybody. Everybody was the same. So I didn't take it quite so badly. Um, and we, we changed what we did so that we did takeaways, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I have to say, we had the busiest Mother's Day in all our lives because everybody's driving past picking up catering boxes. Whereas when you have the cafe open, you can only get so many bums on seats. And we just went, oh my God, this is amazing. And we've kept doing the, the Mother's Day boxes since then. <clears throat> but part of our contract is we also run the Civic Theatre. Guess what? That's been closed. So financially, it's been a very hard haul. And you just think there must be something that's going to work. Uh, and then we've just had um, AFCM cancelled. We've had, um, you know, so much of the NAFA stuff was cancelled, which, you know, is where a lot of our winter income comes in. Uh, and I'm not alone. And I've actually contacted um, David Christopher Foley and said, David, as much as everybody in the lockdown areas are getting financial support, come just have a look at how much we've had wiped out because people cannot come from those areas mm. 
into Townsville. And it's not just me, it's all small businesses. Um, we need support again, we really do. So through the floods and through COVID, did you access any of the supports and assistance or yeah, grants? Yeah, um, good old Queensland government. Um, <clears throat> the rural support one, um, I, I tapped into that. Um, I've also, I'm still tapping into one that gives me um, a consultant to help me to set up all the paperwork because when you're a bit like topsy and you just grow, um, you just think, oh, I really ought to do that. I ought to do <laughs> And you don't quite get around to the paperwork. Gunner, gunner, gunner. Yeah, gunner, gunner, gunner. I'm a gunner. Um, so this gentleman is actually really helping him and trying to f- focus me down to um, get everything set and tip-top so that it's all um, government approved and everything else. Um, I'm just waiting for them to throw something else at me and I'll take it, whatever it is. I'll go for it. And I'm very keen on, you know, trying to find more. We've had to update technology, obviously. I mean, things are moving forward. And that's a financial commitment for us. Um, and I was going to update a lot more technology. Um, however, we haven't had the income. So it's just been put on hold. It has to be. You know, there's only so much. Mm. Did you have any staff whose homes were also affected during the floods? Uh, there was one casual girl that... Um, was a u- one of the uni students and her hers went through it, it, the house was owned by her parents and um that was damaged but um she was okay but i was the only one out of our main lot um that that yes what was your insurance oh. and i say with it like you know journey <laughs> with insurance like and what were your lessons learnt? don't have a business no no i don't no. mean that um <laughs> insurance for my domestic was fine for my ve- for my um vehicle came in and for the caravan came in but of course you can't um, insure small businesses for flood so uh, we didn't get anything there um, which was very very difficult this is why we had to lean on the government Um, because they said the rain came up it didn't come down okay it's still water as I think of it I don't see what's different with water well it came up up. because it came down (laughs) I think so I don't know where else it came from um, but that was a difficult one. You're going, really? Insurance companies are great. But I, and I understand the business side of things. If we don't have to pay out, let's not pay out. Let's try not to pay out somehow. And this whole thing about water coming up and water going down and how you flooded, well, it's a you know, letter of the law, really. What were your lessons learnt from it then? From which bit? Which bit? Which bit? Which bits have you learnt lessons from oh, okay. that you could offer to anyone else, I suppose, who in the future ever goes up. through it again? Don't give up. And go and talk to somebody. Go and go and get support. Um, I think because of the way that I run the business um, and we are very much like a family, you know, you get support from there. And everybody's very understanding. Um and, but I think it's it's a two-way street, you know. Your attitude out brings you attitude in. I mean, it's um, care for everybody, you'll get cared for. Um, you know, the people who are belligerent and who decide that, um, you know, they're better than others probably wouldn't have had as much as a hand as I had. And I just think you need to care for people. You need to care for society. Um, I think what I've always done is what I will continue to do and I don't think I could have done anything differently um, the way we did it. I think it might have been helpful if I had had a CCTV to see actually when the water did come in, um, because it was all about timing. 
Mm. There you go. Um, but everything that happened through the flood was, I have really learned it wasn't my fault and I could not have stopped it. Did that give you some kind of relief? Because you mentioned before about, you know, you could hit a curb and a building fall down three streets away and that'd be your fault. Oh, absolutely. Yes, it's not my fault. Uh, and I, I have learned this over the years. I mean, it's something that um, as an individual, obviously it was inbred for many, many years. Um, but I have now learned that it, nothing is my fault. Um, you know, okay, so I fell over in the shower this morning. Yes, I probably was my fault, actually. But um, things that are not outside your control, you can't take the blame for. You can't take it all on your shoulders. And this is what I used to do, because I used to drive around um, the streets of Ross Lee and just look at everybody's houses on the pavements and think how lucky I was. Um, and but your house was also on the pavement. Exactly. Well, I forgot that bit, you see. Yeah. <laughs> I feel for everybody else, but don't actually realise that I'm in the Where does exactly that come from? the same boat. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I have a, a, an interesting family um, a mental side. My mother sadly died from Alzheimer's. And on my, mother, on my father's side, his um, sister was a schizophrenic and his brother died from Parkinson's. So I have all these brain things coming into me without even knowing that I've got them. <laughs> it's my family's fault. <laughs> it is not my fault. But anyway, it's, um, it, it's, it, yeah, it's good. It's good. And I, I just think you have to just look forward. Don't let it weigh you down and get a good night's sleep. And if you need to take a drug to do that, take it. But yes, if, if you need something, you need to sleep and you need to make your mind just turn off. Whatever it is that you do, make your mind turn off and get a good night's sleep and then you can face the next day. Where do you want your business to go next? Um, and how do you keep driving it forward with the uncertainty of COVID? It's a very good question today because I haven't got a clue. Um, we, we've lost all our jobs. They've all been cancelled at the moment because people aren't coming up for meetings, businesses, you know, yada, yada. Um, however, um, there's a sports carnival on at the um, Red Track next week and we got a phone call, can we run the kiosk? Excellent. Of course we can. We're used to doing this. Not a problem. So I think it's turning your hand to anything. Be flexible. Um, listen to the opportunities that are there and, and just take them. And people know us, and I think that's 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 the thing. People know that we can react on a on a on a sixpence. Um, so you do get the phone calls saying, "Can you help us?" Yep, of course we can, and we'll step in just like that. It's a, we don't cancel on people. We just cover people. We look after them, and it's part of a philosophy of looking after the people in Townsville with the business and what we do. Thank you. That's okay. Brave is jointly funded by the Commonwealth and Queensland governments under the Disaster Recovery Funding Arrangements. This podcast is produced by Damien Lawarden.